Hello, glow getters. I missed you guys. I know it's been a few days. Um, I promise not to do this to you too often. <laughs> uh, I took a um, weekend trip to Colorado this weekend to see one of my best friends. And it was super soul filling, heart filling. Um, it's something I really needed. Uh, and I know that my time is going to be harder to manage in the next couple of months because uh, we just have some really big plans with the mind and body. And I know it's going to take off, uh, which means we're going to be busy, which means I get to take preventative self-care now. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so when went and saw my best friend for the weekend. Um, that was super nice. One of my best friends. And, uh, yeah, got a little nature cup filled, got a little soul cup filled, got my little friend cup filled, and here I am. Today, I am resting. Uh, I'm not going to work out, just getting myself refed because we all know how it goes when you're with your bestie and you're having drinks and the food and the, all the things. Uh, so, <laughs> really getting myself back to a rhythm, right? Um, back to the foods that appease my body, uh, definitely feeling some inflammation. Also something strange about going to, um, somewhere that's more elevated so quickly. So I drove, so I just went for like a day, it took me about 12 hours to drive and then 12 hours back. Um, well, I went for the whole weekend, but it took me about the day to drive <laughs> and, uh, the elevation changes, definitely uh, caused some inflammation so using food to help me heal that a little bit as well as my water and that prompted today's episode um <clears throat> as you guys know I'm an online health and fitness coach and so of course I also do nutrition um I provide people with full plans so we look at fitness nutrition, specific health goals if they have them, um, and then spirituality, mental health, those things as well. Um, <clears throat> and I don't talk about nutrition, I guess, as much as I talk about strength training um, because it's, I think, a lot more uh vulnerable for people to talk about food i think that a lot of people think there's such a science to it and that like <clears throat> really you just have to accept eating a certain type of way for the rest of your life in order to have the body health and life that you want to have um and it's actually a bunch of bullshit. And when I realized how much of a joke the diet and fitness industry really is and how much they lie to us in order to, of course, get our money, right? That's the whole point. We're a capitalistic society. Um, but, you know, they've created like little cults of people who insist that one diet is better than another and um, there is a best way of doing something. And I just don't, 
I've never felt this way as a coach. Like from the beginning, I've always been like, no, like there's got to be, there has to be a really balanced way of doing this because I had watched people who had done it, right? They had achieved not only the body of their dreams, but the relationship with food that was so healthy that I wished I had had. And and what we're going to talk about today really is how to truly experience food freedom and how my personal journey looked getting there. This is not what everyone's journey is going to look like, but I have a lot of experience with this from the time that I came out of the womb. I realized when I planned this show, I was like, wow, when did it start? Wow, from the time you were a baby. <laughs> um, but I went on my first diet when I was 12 years old, you guys, 12 years old. I was still a child and I was going on a diet, okay? So I really just feel really called after the kind of weekend I had where I truly, I'm in a cut right now, which means that I'm in a calorie deficit to lose fat. And this weekend, I really just let go of like, you know, tracking anything really. And I was like, just do your best to be intuitive about your protein intake. You know, protein is queen. And don't stress about the rest of the food does. Drink your water. You're going to be fine. And these conversations are not nearly as passionate as they had to be once upon a time to convince me to do this. <laughs> so, so now this this conversation that I have with myself, one of myself, uh, is just like real quick. It happens fast and, and it's so nice. Um, but I'm also realizing that like it wouldn't have been that way as recently as like five years ago. Um, it really wasn't until I got on the other side when I went from client to coach when I went from client to trainer really um once I became a trainer I really understood actually like how macros broke down but then I had to go further because when you get your certificate for personal training they touch on nutrition they give you like how to break someone's macros down but that's about it uh so they don't really tell you like you know how it should be split up uh based on people's specific goals. Um, none of that is really talked about. So then I went and furthered my education because I knew that there was more to it, um, partially because I was doing it for myself. So this was a period in time where I was calculating my own macros and I was not seeing any change in my body as well. So this is kind of where I plateaued for a little while before I got really over the hump of the food and diet industry, <laughs> like really found some freedom um, in macros. And and even then there was breaking of, of bad habits I had, of unhealthy habits I had. We know there's no good and bad here, but. Um, so like I said, from the time I was a child, I, I loved food. Uh, my mom told me when I was a baby, I would dance when I got fed. Um, definitely I knew, I remember from a very young age loving food. I just loved it. I just, it made me happy. It soothed my soul. <laughs> I just, it was my best friend. And, um, I also experienced trauma at a really young age. Like 
like most of us have, right? All of us have. Everyone has some level of trauma. So um, all of us have experienced that. And I think in a way, from a very young age, food became, I don't think I know, uh, food became a way to soothe that pain, um, a way to numb that pain. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more as I kind of go through the phases here. But I really want to talk about how our relationship with food starts from such a young age. We learn how to establish our relationship with food by watching our parents, but also by the environment that we grow up in. So one of the one of the key factors in the development of my relationship with food had to do with not having a lot. When I was little, my parents were still pretty young, so they were still developing the stability to have a child. Um, I just came sooner than they were ready, you know? <laughs> uh, so we didn't have a lot, and we didn't have maybe the best, but it was always good enough. And like, I find so much nostalgia in things like macaroni and cheese with hot dogs and a bowl of cereal because like those were meals when I was a child and and to me they were delicious. Like you couldn't tell me anything about that meal, okay? It was the bomb.com. <laughs> I was like, this is the best dinner ever. Cereal. Yeah. Okay? We all know how how much we love cereal as children. <laughs> so Really, um, I don't remember ever a time in my life where I was like, I don't like that. Like, even as a child, I would try anything before I said I didn't like it. Not for sure. There are some things I just don't enjoy, but that's okay. Um, and, and I've developed that by just actually trying the thing. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a lot, but it was always good enough. And it was always, I have a lot of nostalgia around those childhood foods, um, it was also cultural, uh, there was a cultural factor at play because my father is black. He got remarried to a black woman. And then my, my mother is Colombian who got remarried to a Mexican man. And so all of those cultures really prioritize food. Like <laughs> that's how we show love in all of those cultures. Uh, that's, you know, um, Events are planned around the food. Family things are planned around the food. Um, it's definitely an importance in the household. Um, some of those foods, though, can end up being not so balanced. You know, they're higher in in unsaturated fats. They're higher in carbs, refined carbs specifically. And so... Um, Finding real balance with that across my life has been has been a lot of um, the underlying emotional work. There's so many different ways. And okay, here's the thing. Everybody emotional eats. Okay? Everybody emotionally eats. Period. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you think you've always had such a healthy relationship with food and you just really struggle more with the fitness. No. Everybody emotionally eats. It's just a matter of how much emotion we are trying to cover up with the food. It's, a, it's just like any other drug. When you have an addict, they're going to overcompensate, right? 
And so that cultural piece plays a part because then food was of easy access as well. And when you combine the trauma with the emotional connection I had to food with the cultural ease of access, then of course it would become the drug that I would use to soothe my pain moving forward. So move forward to like the next, you know, phase of childhood. Um, I was a dancer, athlete growing up. I've told you guys that. Um, And then there's also just, you know, our society and how we view women and how we think that they should look and how we think that they should appear and how um, it's attractive to everyone else except for them and how they feel in their body. (laughs) Um, Put those two things together and you have a recipe for some true body image issues to be birthed. Um, So the dancer aesthetic for anybody who's not aware is just to be very thin, very fit, right? Um, Obviously, as a dancer, the idea is that you're moving all of the time. So you should just be relatively fit. Um, However, I was always the thicker girl. I was always bigger boned um, for sure. You could pick me out in a lineup of the girl of the ballerinas because I wasn't skinny. I wasn't overweight, but I wasn't skinny. I just wasn't a tiny child. <laughs> um, and I also was born in 1992. So we grew up during a time where being skinny was was really the thing that was really the aesthetic. And so like, I remember six, seven years old having thoughts about my body like, in particular my stomach and wishing it was smaller so um it started early it started early with the body image early with the food but super early with the body image too um and i was only six or seven so i didn't have any awareness of like how my body was built or like understanding body structure right (laughs) like what (laughs) so when i started when I, when I was like prepubescent, I would say maybe like eight or nine, I started gaining, that was probably when I started truly gaining weight. Uh, and it became a little unhealthy. And that was when I think I remember when I was like nine, I want to say, yeah, because I also started my cycle quite early. Um, I was, I was, it was about a year before I started my cycle, yes. So I was nine when I had my first conversation with my mom about like being concerned about my weight and about my body. Um, and and hearing these these comments. I remember specifically uh, uh what's it called? Back to school shopping. Back to school shopping would always typically happen with both of my moms, my, my mom and my stepmom. And there was always like, if I would put, you know, clothes on a certain way, which sure, I'm a child, like, maybe I don't know how to perfectly (laughs) put my shirt on yet. But you know, like I would put my shirt and pants and stuff on how I liked it. And I would come out. And my mother's by, by no, it was with no ill intention, right? And that this is the thing, that like, they were just trying to, to help me out. But whether or not it's the intention they had, it's the trauma that it caused, right? 
And so they would then like fix my clothes and like say, well, this looks a little bit better because this, you know, hides your tummy a little bit. And those underlying uh, tones, the words that we use to talk about a woman's body, um, our bodies in general, for sure, but specifically women's bodies, um, they are so shaming. They carry so much shame and guilt. And for a nine-year-old, for any child, that's too much to carry. Like, we don't even understand quite how we got here yet, <laughs> let alone, <laughs> let alone why people care about how our body looks to that extreme, right? I'm all, obviously, hello, I'm a health and fitness coach, so I am here for helping you put on muscle. I am here for helping you define your body and your health in the way that you want to, but what I'm not here for is society deciding what we get to look like and what's attractive and who gets to be determined beautiful and who gets to be determined ugly, um, and like, just the way that we speak about the female body irritates the shit out of me sometimes because it's so divisive and it's so negative and it's so shaming and like of course I'm gonna have body image issues <laughs> hello anybody any of us who came out of puberty without body image issues are really lucky but I think most of us had them I think probably everybody did so that really, I remember that being a huge, that's another kind of milestone, keystone memory, right? It's a core memory for those of us that have seen Disney's Inside Out. Um, it's a core memory and it's very, it, I can remember those things like they happened yesterday. Um, so then, you know, I go through most of my teens this way as well. Um, just feeling really uncomfortable and always like so I would starve myself and binge and that actually started in my teens and I didn't realize it until way later like until recently like a year ago I think <laughs> I was like whoa wait a minute I had an eating disorder much earlier than I thought um, so there was that then Fast forward into adulthood, I've started dating, um, I've started experiencing different kinds of friendships and relationships, uh, you know, went to college, did all of that stuff, um, and food just moved into higher priority as I started experiencing other pain and other trauma, um, you know, coping for stress. I remember... Um, in my current relationship, actually, my, my, my partner and I have been together for eight years. So he's been with me through a lot of my adulthood health journey. Um, and I remember one time we got into an argument and he said something that triggered me. And I remember that was the first time I was conscious of what I was doing. I went to the kitchen opened up the cupboard with the snacks and grabbed the potato chips and this was a stress response 
to me not expressing myself. So then my jaw got stressed, right? Because I'm carrying it in my body. And then I needed to express the anger and frustration somehow. So I got the potato chips to do so. This is what I mean by emotional eating is not the same for everyone, but everyone does it. Like it wasn't until that day that I was really cognizant of that behavior. And this was far enough into my journey that I was seeing steady, significant weight loss and not, this was the first time I didn't go backwards. So it was the first time I could really be aware of the behavior that was happening. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's really good. <laughs> All of a sudden I went and I grabbed, cause this was during a time that I was food journaling. So I went and grabbed my food journal and I started writing things down. And I was like, oh my gosh, look at like all of these choices you've made. In situations where one way or another I was silencing myself and that has resulted in so many emotional decisions around food and it wasn't about me making them good or bad. The whole point of food journaling is to help you remove emotional connotation from food. You journal about everything um, including how you felt but it's so that you can elevate the level of self-awareness you have around the food so that we can make choices and be well-educated about them. There's nothing wrong with having alcohol. There's nothing wrong with having nachos. I went out to eat so much this last weekend. And for sure, I'm a little bloated today. I bet you if I hopped on the scale this morning, it might be up a few pounds. <laughs> I had more alcohol than I usually drink on a regular basis. I don't really drink alcohol. When I'm in social settings, I do though. Um, and I was in social settings all weekend. So being able to make the decision through self-awareness is really the key. It's not about like, you know, making the right decision, quote unquote, or the good decision, quote unquote, or the healthy decision or whatever you want to call it. It's just like you'd have the information and because now you're more informed, you can make a better, more well-balanced decision, period. And that's with anything, right? Food is no different. <clears throat> so there was the coping of stress in adulthood. There was obviously, like I said earlier, numbing of pain. Um, I did some more binging and purging in my adulthood. It wasn't super frequent, um, but it was enough that I knew what I was doing, Uh I would go into extreme deficits. Um, I So I lost weight three times. I lost 65 pounds four times <laughs> is what I say. But I lost the 65 pounds three times before I was successful the fourth time. Um, so I would get up to like 250, 260 and at my heaviest, the final time I was 265. Um, I'm 5'3 for reference. So that's just a lot of weight on a small person and a and that is unhealthy. That is bad for my body, for my basic survival health, okay? <laughs> um, so I had gone through like extreme deficits and I would lose the weight for a certain amount of time. And then of course, my eating habits would reverse. I would get sick and tired of it and then I'd gain all the weight back. Um, and then also just like dis the dissociation of the behaviors around food. Um, which like I said, when I realized that I was grabbing the potato chips out of stress to ease 
the stress of me just not expressing myself, that was when I realized how long I had been dissociating in my experiences with food, how long and how many times I've eaten without really enjoying it. So that's the funny thing, right? Is that it's supposed to be bringing me comfort, but I'm not actually enjoying it. I'm just hoping that at some point <laughs> it will soothe me enough that it will bring me comfort. Uh, but the reason it never did is because what I actually needed to do was express myself, right? Right? So, so all of this, all of these added layers of what had already been a pretty tumultuous relationship with food made it feel impossible, made it feel really heavy, and made it feel like I was going to be stuck this way forever. And and I don't really like, something else I don't really talk about is how like, <laughs> I know that me being here today is truly a miracle because... If I had not maybe committed suicide from hating myself so much, then I would have died of by obesity. Like, that was my reality. I was about to go too far. I was about to go over an edge that was going to change the entire path of my life. And I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today for sure. Um, and my doctor was sick of it too. So, so that's, I've told you guys that story. He was like, look, you do this or I do it. (laughs) So in my, in my four weight loss attempts, this is how I made the transition from emotional, dissociated, unhealthy and imbalanced relationship with food to true freedom with food to the point that I successfully enjoyed myself over an entire weekend with my best friend and had no stress about what the fuck was going to happen to my weight or my body or my cut or anything. (laughs) I had zero stress about it and that was so liberating wow, what a place to be. And I've been here for a little while, but I still just have these moments where I'm like, wow, wow, you heal, sis, heal, girl, glow, girl, glow. Okay, so here's how we got here. (laughs) Here's what happened. So the first time I tried to lose weight, the first time I lost the 65 pounds was with Weight Watchers. And I think I had used like some Nutrisystem meals or no, just the frozen meals, you know, like I was doing a lot of those. And so it worked. And at the time I was living on my own. So I was living on a budget. The meals were inexpensive and it worked. Um, but I got bored just like you do with most of those elimination diets. Anything Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, all of those, it's eat my food and you will lose the weight. If you eat anything else, you will gain the weight. It's because they just put you on a really restricted calorie intake and you just have to eat those things all the time. So I got really bored with that. I wanted to eat food I enjoyed again. Boom, gain the 65 pounds back. Okay, then I did it again a couple years later. 
that time was on an extreme food deficit. Um, so I was eating less than 1200 calories a day for sure. Um, and definitely not enough protein. If any, I think I would, I mean, I know I would have meat for like every meal, but like, it, it just, I know it wasn't even a whole serving. So I never ate a whole serving of anything. And that's how I was in such a deep deficit. Um, then gained the 65 pounds back. <laughs> Third time I did like a combination of intermittent fasting and meal replacements. So I was eating between the hours of 12 and eight. And then I would do a smoothie for most of my dinners and almost every single breakfast. So these were protein smoothies. Yes, but the the things I was putting in the smoothie were very low calorie. They were strawberries, blueberries, spinach. Um, and I didn't put anything else in there. So it was just fruit, um, a serving's worth, which is about 30 to 40 grams of carbs, uh, which is not a lot. Um, <laughs> and I would have that twice a day. And then um, in the afternoon, I would have like my big meal. Um, what it, whether that was like a big dinner or a big late lunch, whatever that looked like. Uh, however, again, because I was intermittent fasting within eight hours, there wasn't enough time for me to eat enough food. And because I was substituting two of my meals, of course I lost the weight because my body just didn't have to put in as much work to digest the food. And then again, I was in probably about 1200 calories around that time, maybe a little bit more, because I was eating pretty big meals in the middle of the day, but still, it's quite a low deficit. Gained the 65 pounds back. Then, that was this fourth time was the big time, the big change, right? And that was when I just took my journey literally into bite-sized chunks, and I stopped trying to do everything at once and change everything at once and be perfect. And, and... I really started also this time working on my body image and my and my relationship with my body and how I defined its beauty. And this has been an ongoing process. And like, I think it's always an ongoing process. But this was the time that I took my journey in bite-sized chunks. And so I started with kickboxing. I lost a ton of weight simply by just like making more balanced choices. I would still... Binge on the weekends definitely wasn't like the healthiest relationship with food. But all I did was be more aware of my decisions. And all I did to do that was food journal. I, I kept it simple for myself. I was like, I'm just going to journal because I had been looking up different ways to solve this problem, right? So one of the ways I read on Google, this is, this is not rocket science, okay? <laughs> I literally Googled it. Someone said something about food journaling. I was like, oh, wow, what a good idea, of course, because I had been in therapy before. I knew that journaling helped. So I was like, wow, of course you can do this with your food. You can do this with anything that's emotional. So I kept a complete separate journal for just my food. And every single day I would write down what I ate, how I felt when I ate it, and how I felt after I ate it. And I would let myself identify those emotions. But that's all I really did for the first like year, year and like two months, maybe a couple months, a couple extra weeks uh, of the successful journey of losing that 65 pounds plus some. I think it was like I had lost like 80 pounds before I even touched 
anything too specific with my food. I really, really wanted to get my body back in love with movement. And so I just focused on the movement. I was like, if you do just anything really consistently and really well does right, it needs to be the movement. I just knew that. So I allowed myself to put food on the back burner for a little bit because I knew it was going to be more work. (laughs) So I started with a food journal. Um, Then I had a friend at the time who was a uh, bikini competitor. So she was an IFBB pro. She gave me a very um, bikini style diet that was very specific. Um, And I was literally eating the same thing every single day. It was awful. (laughs) Um, But, but what I learned from that was how to structure meals in a way that prioritizes protein and how to structure meals in a way that takes into account the three macros. So this was around the time in my own journey that I was getting my personal training certificate. Um, I was a couple years into losing the weight. So I had lost all of the weight, actually. I just hadn't started um, regularly strength training, but I had already started like dabbling in it. And I knew I loved it enough that I was getting certified, right? So um, then... During this time, I continued to kind of shift my focus from the kickboxing to weight training and making that change. Um, Got my nutrition certificate where I learned about macros. Um, This was also during the time that I had my very first one-on-one coach who was a macro queen. So she taught us how to calculate it for ourselves, how to um, make adjustments to macros depending on the goal, um, how we should break it down, how to identify even food triggers. Like the whole first couple months was just retraining my body how to metabolize a certain amount of food. And, um, and then we would play with like, okay, how much fat? What what happens if you eat a little more fat than someone else, uh, than the quote unquote average person? So certain people. So this is why I say like diets are bullshit, okay? Because certain people can tolerate more fats. Certain people can tolerate more carbs. Certain people can build muscle and not have to. Now there is a minimum amount, but certain people can build muscle and not have to eat a ton of protein. There's a minimum amount, like I said, but it's just, this is where it goes from being a general science application to individualized, right? We are, (laughs) we are individually unique to a collective energy, okay? So we all play a part in it, but we are not the collective ourselves so we cannot say just because a six foot 180 pound man can eat 3,000 calories that a I don't know five foot 120 pound woman can however I know some that can and they eat that every day and they stay super lean and they have the body of their dreams (laughs) so it's totally possible um I digress (laughs) so 
This was a heavy learning period for me. I spent the next two years probably. It only took me about a year and change to lose the 125 pounds, which tells you that um, it wasn't the most healthy, right? Because that was pretty quick. And I know people who have lost it even quicker. So um, it wasn't awful, but it just tells you that like I was really struggling with the metabolism and the food piece. Um, so then I went through this super heavy period of learning, not just through getting my nutrition certificate, but then getting this coach and having her really teach me how to read my body and how to be aware of food choices and how to Im- implement refeed days. I love this idea of not necessarily um, restricting ourselves throughout the week to have a quote unquote cheat day. I hate calling them that, by the way. Uh it's just so dumb that we have these emotional words around food. <laughs> Anything other than loving food is not okay. <laughs> um, but after all of that is when I truly started to experience food freedom because then I could make decisions that were very, very educated and know what to expect. And when things stop becoming scary, they stop controlling your life. When, um, gosh, I was listening to a podcast recently um, where the interviewee was saying like, you know, once we face our fears, which I also totally believe this, I was like, yes, Um, once we face our fears enough, they'd stop becoming fears. They stop being scary. It's not scary anymore because you know what to expect. You know what's going to happen. And so now I'm at a point that I'm much healthier in my body, right? Not just with how I treat it, but how I think about it, how I feel about it, how I talk about it, um, how the energy in which I use it, which is huge. And I feel like it's a whole other episode. (laughs) We'll definitely talk about that one day. Um, But you know, like I said, even eating with stress, anxiety, trauma, like those things are going to cause me to gain weight. My nervous system wasn't stress. I'm of course, of course, but I'm also stressed about the food all of the time. So how am I going to release that stress? (laughs) So this healing journey really is just like all these little pieces, you know? Okay. So from the macros, went into food freedom and I want to give you the four big things that I that I had to get comfortable with in order to achieve this. And they're really no secret because I've been telling you the whole time. Number one, self-awareness. You've got to get self-aware about your relationship with food and you just have to get vulnerable, which is number two. Be honest with yourself about it and don't judge yourself for it. Don't judge yourself for whatever decisions that might have been made. And that part, even we get to get comfortable with looking at what we ate and saying, I made a really well-rounded decision with that because it fed my body. Sure, maybe I could have made a more balanced choice, but did it also feed my soul? I'm all about feeding the mind, body, and soul. So you are a whole being. You are not just a body. We get to feed ourselves as a whole. And that is why energy matters. Um, Self-awareness, vulnerability, self-auditing. 
Those journals, you guys, those food journals will change your life. I'm telling you, being able to look at it from an honest perspective is going to change how you approach the relationship with food. And then number four, which I think has been the whole point of all of this, and I think is the whole point of all of this, period, is healing. (laughs) That is life. We have got to heal if we ever expect ourselves to get to a point where we don't have to be controlled by food or a drug or alcohol or insert your thing here. Whatever it is, you don't have to be controlled by it. But I bet you, you've been controlled by it for a really, really, really long time. And so you have to heal because if it's been a really, really, really long time, that means there's trauma involved. That means there's memory involved. That means you have emotions around the behavior, around the thing. And we have to just, again, look at them, right? Audit them. Be vulnerable with yourself. Be aware. But you have to be willing to look at it in a way that is not objectifying you. That is simply just like, this is what it is. And if I want to heal it, then this is how you look at it. It takes work, just like healing from anything else, but it is possible. And it's not as complicated as the diet and fitness industry would like to make you think it is. (laughs) So if you're like, where do I start? How do I do this? How can I heal my relationship with food? Self-awareness, vulnerability, self-auditing, and healing. Okay. Thanks for joining me today, you guys. This was kind of a big download that I had. Um, So... (laughs) So I know that was a lot of information. Make sure you go play it back. Take the notes you need to if you didn't take notes this first play around. Otherwise, thank you so much for joining me in that reflective um, journey sharing story today. And I hope that you got at least one piece of golden nuggets from this show. If you did, uh, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. Shoot me a DM. Let me know which part you love the most. And otherwise, make sure you guys are following me on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. It'll all be in the show notes. You guys know where to find it. I hope you have the best freaking Tuesday evening of your lives, glow getters. Bye.